Hi, I'm JK, the host of Sorts from the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast, and I'm here to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, with everything you need in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do you want to start the podcast looking at episodes or do you want my news? Oh, news first, because right. you've been so building this for days now. Oh, well, hell. I know, this is the thing. So what I'm going to have to do, though, is... Hang on a second. My phone has chose not to work at this precise moment. So I'm going to send... Build intention. I know, sorry, everyone. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a um, picture to our WhatsApp group. Okay. okay. So if you're a fancy bastard and you only get your messages through your fucking phone, now might be the time to get your actual phone. All right. But if you're, but if you've got it on your laptop because it's a really easy app to download, then you're literally the only person I've ever met who's got WhatsApp <laughs> on a laptop. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's done that. Who invented right, WhatsApp? It's very handy. It's very handy for copy and pasting the uh, the Zoom links to these meetings. Is Mark Zuckerberg in charge of WhatsApp? He, he is now. Yeah. Facebook bought it. He didn't I invent bet it. Yeah, he hasn't even got it on his laptop. Bet you. <laughs> he's, got, he's never seen it. So I'm going to send you a message, a picture to the group. Who's okay. that? Whoa! Holy shit! Can I read this oh. out? Shit. Yeah, go on. So, so Adam, off his own accord, has got a message Emily Milburn, who plays Caitlin in Neighbours at the moment, and she replied, holy shit, Adam, well done. Fuck me, this Thanks. is amazing. So he says, hi, Adam. Haha, ha, thank you so much for the invite. What jokes were you telling her? Um, what, was your, what was your opening gambit there, Adam? I just told her Adam. about the way you eat a Chinese takeaway. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm joking. I didn't say that. I was, just, I was very polite and I just said, um, We've got this podcast where we re watch Old Neighbours. Um, you're on it at the moment. Um, fancy coming on it? Wow. Well, she says, Thank you. Thanks for the invite and for reaching out. I'd love to chat with you. That sounds like a lot of fun. Very sweet of you. Wow. That's pretty you cool, must have right? sent a very sweet message, Adam. I'm a sweet guy. Whereas Dan, Paris, said... is, Dan Paris is just as completely blank to me. So <laughs> this is this. The, is the, altern, the alternative <laughs> to this is she's got this invite, and her first thought was, "Hold on, are they doing reruns and they're not paying me? I'm going to be <laughs> nice to yeah. this guy for a second, and then at the end of the message, I'll say, are they showing old episodes with Caitlin at the moment? Because.'" Where are they oh. showing episodes I'm not getting paid for? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. She's not down. She wants the next that neighbor's rewind. Where's my money? money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool stuff, though. Right. Introduce it then. Do all your spiel at the beginning. I certainly shall.
So welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. This is the 10th anniversary special. It sounds, wow. It's the 10th episode. It's the 10th episode. But I, I have, think we I get that. It's the 10th anniversary special. So I'm, uh, I'm cracking a beer in celebration. Can you hear that on camera? There you go. Can you hear that? Yeah. Couldn't quite afford the champagne, but... I don't know if you can hear the, the, the beer pouring in the glass there as well. It's, it's entertaining what, shit, this. It's what Lou go. Carpenter called on one of my episodes, a taste of the amber. Taste of the amber. That's what he says. Well, this is a taste of mangoes, apparently. Oh. Oh, it smells lovely. Ooh. You like some girly beers, you. Thank you. So, welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Uh, I am JK, the host of Sorts. Uh, we have Tim. Say hello, Tim. Yo, yo. Hello. And we have Adam with All a right. nice yellow hat on today. Amber, some might say. <laughs> so we have been re-watching episodes 3059 to 3065, but we've done it in a slightly different... For the 10th anniversary special, we've done it in a slightly we decided different decided to make way. it a fucking mess. So we've had... We've had Tim yourself, watching... Tim. I've worked hard on this shit. We didn't <laughs> have time to work hard on it. Six minutes before we started, you idiot. <laughs> I've been at work the last two days. You've had it since Monday, you prick. Yeah, I couldn't be asked. <laughs> I work hard on every podcast. You're the host. That's what you should do. <laughs> the host of sorts, I am. But you two are going to kind of help me out hosting today because you're going to talk... Tim, you're going to talk through the two episodes that you watch. Which was 59 oh, and 60. Uh, Adam, who watched uh, 61 and 62, and then I watched 63, 64, and 65. Uh, so Tim... quite bad that I'm the setup for this because <laughs> I've, I've done my I've done the homework, but it's not organised. I can't say that. Plus, like I said last week, a lot of the time I don't know who's who these characters are. I remember a lot of them from back in the day, um, but I had to do a bit of a Google search to just remember who was who. And like I said, probably just like, you'll cut it out. So before we started recording, um, there's some stuff that I can't like just has no consequence whatsoever to anything that I get. So it, it's barely worth well, it's not only barely worth talking about. There's not really anything I can say. So don't I don't know how to report it. Right, there's plenty you, of stuff moment, we got out. At the moment, you sound like someone who, yeah, you've done the homework. But <laughs> have you though? You've done it on the bus on the way to school. <laughs> you copied off your mate probably, or plagiarized yeah. stuff off the internet. Um, this, this sounds like a lot of excuses. I'm hearing a lot of excuses already, here, Tim. Yeah. But, but what happened? Talk yeah. about some of the main storylines. You don't need to talk about every storyline because, like I said, we get... storylines out. Right. Okay. Then we've got. Right. Just before you do, sorry, Tim. So yeah. I, I watched the episodes after you. So in theory, if you pick, you kick us off with a storyline... Yeah, um, Adam will you, continue it. I can continue it. And, and then pass and, that bat and, on to me for the final lap. All right. Yeah. Do you, like you remember... Whoa, 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 I've got a, I've got a relay story. You can't relay story. <laughs> How often would I get a chance to tell this? So we we <laughs> we did a relay... We were part of the athletics team in school, myself and JK, him, the man himself. Um, we were both pretty speedy, I suppose. Um, so we were in the relay team, and this was a, like an official meet. This was at the athletics track. 
and um, JK, different to what he said he's going to do today, he said he was going to bring the baton home. He actually started the, our relay team off. Let's get a fast start, we thought. Let's put him on the first leg. Brilliant. Put him on the first leg. I did. I, I ran a great first leg, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was you nice did. speedy. It was nifty. It was it nimble. Was. The, the problem was, though, like the last metre or so of it, where you slipped and collided into our second runner, Carl Rizai, the man, the myth, the legend, Rizai, um, and you and you're not you both ended up in a heap. No, I didn't just collide into him. I full on kicked him up the arse. I slipped and stumbled on full on <laughs> absolutely punted him up the arse. And he was the hardest guy in our school. He is the guy you did not mess with. And I absolutely full on kicked him with my entire body weight. Hardest guy and also the, the coolest guy in school. I think that was Common knowledge, the prom king, we didn't have that, but the equivalent, the, the head jock, the captain of the football team. He went off and played professionally afterwards. Um, all around good guy, even though he wasn't a hard man. Cool guy. You booted him up the arse. <laughs> During the relay in the championships. I was in the same relay team. I was on the last leg because I was pretty good at the time, you know. In my day, I was pretty good. Um, so what I got to do, which I, I'll never forget it, is because you'd had that incident, that collision, by the time the baton eventually came round to me on the final leg, everyone else had already finished. So I had to run, jog, and then just kind of stroll across the finish line in last place. True story, that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> well, now it's me on the last leg, so you could have your revenge here today. I'm going to fuck I, this I, right I, up. <laughs> I could end up absolutely limping home. Let's hope Tim doesn't kick you up the arse. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, Tim. Hit us with it. Hit us with some of the storylines. What happened? Dead guinea pig. Dead guinea pig. Oh, is that still going on? It kind, it kind of it. Yeah, it. Yeah. It's kind of it gradually merges and becomes other storylines that are inconsequential. Okay, do tell but... because I've got there's there's no mention of this in my episode. So please go, please go ahead. So, the, we, did you say we haven't missed anything since the last ones that no, we watched? No, no, we were we were going straight through. Okay, well, actually, no, there's yeah. actually no. That's a lie. There was one episode. There was one solid that... episode. Thank you. That makes sense because okay. I am sort of having to connect a few dots here because I don't remember this coming up last week. Um, so the whole Harold killing the pets thing, um, mm -hmm. don't know where the dog's gone, but they're talking about the guinea pig. The guinea pig was buried and then the guinea pigs come back to life. Also, Paul thinks. What? Um, <laughs> is this so, Neighbours versus Zombies again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so again, I'm kind of half connecting the, got, the dots here. Um, and without trying to spoil what, what comes up in a bit, it looks like Paul... I think Paul has found the live guinea pig, or a live guinea pig. He's convinced that it's the same one, um, which it may or may not be. 
Harold's then gone and had a look where he buried it, and it's not there. Whoa. Guinea pig resurrected. Holy shit. See, see this is especially good. I'll, we won't do this every time, obviously, because it means Tim's got to watch more fucking episodes. <laughs> but <laughs> we should do this every so often because I like this because I know I, I know exactly what's happened and Tim doesn't. It's so good. <laughs> Neither do but I once, because there's no mention of this in my episode. But once, I can be the spoiler. Wait. <laughs> so go on, Adam, what, what happens then? All right, so yes, Tim is quite correct. I've made notes. Um, Paul's guinea pig. Um, according to Paul, Harold, Matt. Ah, oh, I was going to tell you something then. Um, See, there's there's other there's other stuff. Ah! We have we got to figure out how okay. we're going to do this. So, there's there's more stuff in between. There is, there is, there is. Um, All right, well, give us the more stuff in between then, Tim. No, let me do the guinea um, pig first. All right, okay, okay. Guinea pig's a separate storyline. It does work independently as a storyline. So um, we think it's come back to life. It's weird as fuck. Nobody knows what's going on. Um, so what Paul does, he gets um, hold of Libby because um, Libby is a journalist and he thinks this would make a great story for the paper. A fucking guinea pig that's come back to life. Libby's a bit like, sounds like bullshit this, Paul. He's like, no, seriously. Guinea pig. Axel has come back to life. So she's like, fine. Come, she calls and have a look, has a look at the new guinea pig. Um, it looks the same as Axel um, in, in every way. She takes uh, Paul's picture of it for the paper. So this is like an actual thing. She interviews him and everything, gets some pictures. Then we find out what's really happened. Bullshit. We find out what, hap what actually happened two episodes before you even started watching. What, did you know what happened? Yeah, because in the first of my two episodes, Lance just says that I replaced it. Right, so why didn't you say that when you was doing your rundown of the fucking events then, Tim? I, would, I only got as far as saying, saying what I said. You started talking. <laughs> what, what Lance is... is involved. Go on, Tim. Tell the rest of your guinea pig storyline material, then I will continue it with mine. <laughs> that, well, as far as, as, far as the... The guinea, well, there's the guinea pig, but there's more to the Paul and Harold stuff as well, if you're interested in any of that. Go for it. Go for um, it. So I, I think, who was it? Lance was talking to fuck knows who. He was talking, like, just talking like, who's Lance's missus? Amy. Amy. He was talking to Amy and just, like, she's just trying to bang him and he's like, no, I just want to live my life. Um, and he thinks that he should maybe go and talk to Paul about the Jesus pig resurrection drama, but kind of gets pushed to one side. Did you see why he replaced the guinea pig? That's what I want to know. No, I think this might have been in the previous episode. Okay, so he replaces the guinea pig because his dog, uh, or their dog in that in the oh, house, yeah. their dog is digging in the garden and digs up the dead Axel guinea pig. Oh, and he thinks he garden. killed it. He, he sees it, like, thinks, oh, my God, the dog's killed it. Ah. I'd better go and replace it. I'll go to the shop and get him a new one. Do you want to know how much the new guinea pig cost him? Go on, then. How much do you much. think? How much do you think a guinea pig is? I bet too much. 10 Australian dollars. 
close. Tim? Mm, well, if you're saying close, I was going to say higher, but mm, 20. Seven bucks. That's how much the new <laughs> guinea pig cost him. Wow. Conversion rate, that's about £3.50. But this was 20 years ago. True. That'd be like 300 now. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why, yeah, go on, Tim. That just that's that's why I bought it. So, I, Paul basically um, has a bit of a conversation eventually with Harold and about keeping this this new one. Um, and Harold basically just eventually comes round to it, and Paul says he'll keep it as far away as he possibly can. That story is then on the back burner a little bit, and is kind of handed over to Lance and Amy. It kind of feels like for the next couple of episodes. In the meantime, Paul wants to help out around the house because Madge is going to come back and Harold's being stressy about it. Um, so, oh yeah, so that, there's this weird back and forth where Paul's offering to do stuff, but Harold won't let him do it because he thinks it won't do it well enough. So then when Harold leaves, Paul decides he's going to call a cleaner to come and do all the housework. Long story short, the cleaner comes, steals $20 out of some savings pot thing. Um, and then, of course, the next day, Harold finds the money missing. And you're thinking, oh, there's going to be all tense and drama. But no, immediately, Paul just confesses, explains everything that, that happened, says why. Um, and then, again, you're thinking, oh, Harold's going to be really pissed off. Nope, he's perfectly fine with it. He just says, oh, I understand why he did it, it's fine. And then they think, we'll get her back and we'll set her up. So the... So the, the, yeah, the no, cleaner, isn't this what you used to do when you lived abroad? That you used to set up your cleaners? <laughs> set them up? I, you absolutely did. I definitely I remember this. a story about one of them at least. Remember them nicking stuff. I don't think I don't remember actually setting them up though. Yeah, you definitely set one up. I'm sure I can't remember what you. I'm sure it's some sort of jewelry that you just left lying <laughs> around. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Fucking weird side story. Fucking hell. <laughs> I was twelve. I had no part in this. <laughs> but you had jewelry. It was a, it was a, a big pearl necklace. No, it was a, it was one of his mood rings. One of his emo mood rings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, Mrs. Willoughby, the cleaner, comes back the next That's day. Holy shit. Yeah. Just quickly, I didn't know about any of this, so this must no, have been just in your episodes. The, I don't know the, anything this is, about this. This is why I thought it'd be important, because it's not really part of anything. It's just a, like a two-episode thing. In fact, I'm not even sure if it goes to the second episode. But anyway, she comes back, and... They kind of, in front of her, Paul and Harold make the agreement that they're both going to go out, but not really. Can't remember where Paul goes. He's like actually just in another room. He doesn't actually go out. Harold goes outside and it was it. I think it's Billy and Caitlin who are halfway through their story, which we can start in a bit. They're just outside having a chat and they see, they look up and see Harold walking around the balcony outside, just like snooping into his own house, being a weirdo. 
So they, they then catch her, Mrs. Willoughby, going back into the money jar and go in to confront her. Turns out she was she's just this skint old lady and she was borrowing the money until her pension came in. I'm not, I'm not making this what? up. This is bullshit. She, he hasn't even watched the episodes. It's go crazy. back and watch it. This is, this is the plot to Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> she, she just borrowed the money and she's like, I'm really sorry I shouldn't have done it, but I just put it back. You can have a look. So Harold went and looked at the jar and the money was back. That's basically it. Wow. What a pointless story. Completely I like those ones, though, that are just done in an episode or two. That's good. <laughs> I thought the dead guinea pig thing was going to be, like, small, and that sounds like it's been three or four episodes, but Tim's got an even sneakier little one here. This is nice. It's, I like it the dragged there. it out a bit there, for sure. I, can't, I don't think... Is, is it even mentioned in the second episode that I watched? Did Daryl start getting all Jesus-y about the resurrection? Like, did, <laughs> no, the, I don't think so. Because he's a very Not religious man, way. isn't he? So I feel like he, you know, resurrections, he would have been all over that. But no. Yeah. He kind of believes it, though. In, in my episode, he was like, yeah, it's fucking weird, but it's happened. There you go. Yeah. Of course, then, like, so the last thing leading into everything that happened with them in your episodes is that, like... They're just like, oh, yeah, cool, or just mistakes, accident, whatever. I'm going to go pick Madge up. So Harold runs out then to pick Madge up from the airport. Then Madge is back, and she's still got the bandage on her face. Um, and that's it. That's she's it still blind. Storyline. Still blind. Yeah. Yeah. That's upsetting. I hope she's faking it. Huh. <laughs> Can I finish off the guinea pig story then? Please do. I'm done now, so, yeah, go for it. So the basically, everything you said, obviously, Tim, um, they do start to believe it. Libby does agree to put it in the newspaper. I'm not sure. It must have been a slow news day for Erinsborough News. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Um, you get some good pictures of Paul holding the guinea pig. Lance, though, like we said, is the culprit. He was trying to do a nice thing. He does come round to own up. Um, this is before it gets in the newspaper. Libby's literally round, just taking the pictures. He turns up and goes, yeah, um, I thought my dog had eaten it, so I bought him a new one. <laughs> and and Madge, Madge is there, and Madge is like, there you go. I told you, logical explanation. Uh, so even though she can't see, she still can see clearer than Harold and Paul and didn't <laughs> think it was actual zombie slash resurrection shit. Um, she was like, there you go. Thought it'd be something like that. Lancey's like, yeah, sorry about that, mate. Um, and then it turns out that Paul decides, well, he only really wanted Axel, the original uh, guinea pig. So he says to Lance... He flushes it down the toilet. No, no. He gives it to Lance <laughs> um, and says, here you go. You, you can have this one. Lance doesn't really want it. Um, so he flushes but, it down the toilet. No, no, he, he gets the washing basket, he puts some shredded newspaper in it, and he, he is keeping it. At the end of my episode, he, Lance has now got a guinea pig. Paul's not asked. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck was the point in any of this? Fucking brilliant. This, this was, you, well, you could have just had Lance buy the fucking guinea pig in the first. This is like in wrestling when you give a, a new championship to fucking Finn Balor, and they're like, nah, we'll change our mind the next day. We actually wanted Lance wow. to have a guinea pig. Well, th there's no mention of guinea pig in my episodes at all. 
Yeah, because they don't care anymore. Don't see don't. a guinea pig. No mention of said guinea pig. Do oh, you no. think, though, at some point the guinea pig will return? A bit like Libby's moped. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a Family Guy episode. Could come back. Guinea I pig's think it'll return. end up being like, like, you know, Carl and Susan have got that bird. It'll be like Sarah. that when they're... <laughs> no, not Sarah. Not the actual bird that lives in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it could be like that. What's the name of this guinea pig? Axel. No, not not the dead one, the new one. Axel. Axel. Oh, they're both called Axel. I think Lance christens him Axel the second at, at one point. <laughs> it's quite funny. Lance is quite funny with the whole thing. I quite like it. Lance, Lance is fantastic. Um, is he still orange, or is he is, is he orange? Oh, I've got some. I've got some great Lance storylines for you. All right, well, we'll move into some Lance storylines in a moment then. So, um, yeah, second episode, it's just that. Um, Caitlin's, Caitlin and Billy are at the swimming practice, um, and she's, they're saying that she's clearly still ill, but I'm not sure what they're basing this on because she looks fine. Um, yeah, they're still saying that in my episodes. Still saying it, yeah. and she looks absolutely fine. Literally, what do you mean ill? I don't mean? know. I don't know. Well, she just says she has been ill, and she doesn't feel one hundred percent. But oh. yeah, yeah, I don't know she's what still... this is because she really doesn't look ill at all, and is swimming absolutely fine, like absolutely nailing laps after laps after laps. Yeah, but so that she's. They're, they're just swimming, but like she keeps talking to Billy. I, I think at some point they both stop in the middle of the pool. Um, but one of them says, like, well, we have to like kind of split up apart because they're going to think something's wrong. Um, and then, then after she's done a few laps, she gets out of the pool. And as an excuse to bring, I think it's Billy that she was talking to, as an excuse to bring him back over, she literally pulls her goggles to pieces just so that she can wave them at the the coach and be like, oh, I've stopped because I've fucked my goggles up. I don't either that or she's actually genuinely needs a rest because she's ill. I don't know. Um, but then, yeah. So then later on, she thanks, and this this is like really jumping forwards because not not really anything happens. She thanks Billy for not telling on her, and then like Billy's giving her a massage. Um, Did he make she thinks noises? it's just a ma- she she thinks it's just a massage. She's enjoying the massage, but then Billy tries to kiss her, and she says no. Um, and then Billy, right at the end of the episode, is basically just like, "Let's cut the bullshit. Do you like me or not?" Did you watch an episode of A Low A Low by accident? Because that's why <laughs> it sounded like there with the back rubs. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that, that was is... that the cliffhanger there? Was that was that the yeah. end? Of... Okay, so we don't know what she said. No, but a weird cliffhanger. Because it's like, oh yeah, that's been a question for a while. Well, the, I I've already seen them to have a bit of a kiss or something, and then it was like, mm. oh no, we can't be doing that. Anne's my friend, and you've just split up with Anne and all that kind of stuff. So that so it has already happened, but now he's trying again. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That makes sense with what I've got. And what, what have you got then, Adam? So, 
I think it was the first episode I watched. It kind of starts with Billy having a bit of a heart-to-heart with Susan. And he says, um, girls always say one thing, then do something different. And that resonated with me a little bit, what <laughs> Billy said there. I was like, fair play to him. He seems, to, yeah, he has got a bit carried away because he has only just split up with Anne. We know that. So that's a bit of a grey area. And he is proper pushing hard for Caitlin now. Um, but he said that and I thought... That is very wise. It took me a good 35 years to figure that out, to be honest. So the fact that he figured it out when he's 16, 17. uh, I'm in my 30s. And you figured it out now, you reckon? (laughs) Yeah, but only in the last year or two, really. And he's figured it out pretty quickly. That's what someone who hasn't got a clue would say. (laughs) (laughs) But, But Susan, I think I mentioned it last time, not a big fan of Susan. I felt like she gave Carl a bit of a hard time um one of the previous episodes because he didn't he, he didn't um what did he do it was oh, sleazy he was covering lee, up wasn't it? For, for sleazy lee yeah yeah and she gave him a hard time about that and now she's giving billy a hard time because he likes somebody different she proper lays into him you know i, I was a bit like whoa that's a bit much susan um basically she in the end she sell, she tells carl to have a word with him and as we know carl at the moment He's kind of doing a similar sort of thing in a way. In a way, he's, he's still he's caught in two minds, isn't he? Now, yeah. careful you don't go too much into theirs because I've, I've got a whole thing. I've got a whole thing. That's all I've got. So he speaks to him, like, um, and in, then I'm checking my notes. He, um, Carl, tells Billy, you need to let your head rule your heart. So think about what you're doing a little bit more. Um, and then Billy says, well, we've, it's only been a kiss. And then Carl says, wait for it, there's no such thing as just a kiss. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, Read into that's that a big what you will. That's a huge omission from Carl. And it's, it's, it, it's took him like 50, 60 episodes to, to come to that realisation. He only says it matter-of-factly to Billy, like he's dishing out some fatherly advice, but we all know. We all Did know you see a light click in his head when he said it? Did he say it no. and then just kind of look off in the distance and go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, no. Uh, maybe, though, he's like you. Maybe it, it, it's, it's a kiss. Next, it'll be a hand, hand-holding kind of thing. We all <laughs> I know what thought that you were means. going somewhere else there, then. No, come on, this is PG. Um I'm changing my ways. So, a <laughs> little bit more Billy, Caitlin, and stuff. Caitlin tells Anne uh, she doesn't want to get involved at all. Um, Anne's like, I'm not asked. I don't like him anymore. If you want to get with Billy, get with Billy. I'm not bothered. Um, I don't really believe her. I think she's just saying that. Um, Anne then goes and tells this to Amy, Lance's missus. And Amy says, well, if you're a bit down... I think there's a handsome mechanic just round the corner <laughs> um, and basically tells her, you had a nice time with Drew before. Fuck everyone else who says you're only 16 and he's 45. Get a bit more of that. And little bit of persuading. She does. She goes down, asks him out on a date. Can you guess where they went on their date? Let me guess, was it the coffee shop again? It was the coffee shop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they had a lovely, lovely time at the coffee shop. Um, then Anne invites Drew back to her house. Guess what she invited him back to her house for? Coffee. 
a coffee. Yeah, we all know what that means. House. They're in the coffee house. Come back for a coffee. We know what that means. Uh, <laughs> but she also had some chocolate biscuits. Okay. So there you okay. go. Next level. Next level again. What, and what, then she says, specify what chocolate biscuits they were. It's them Australian ones you like. Oh, Tim Tams. Tim Tams. Oh, and yeah. then she says, and if we were doing that weird quote thing, this would probably be mine. I've got one as well. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> I'll say this one. You say that one. I've got a couple, but this is a, this is about a good one. And then she says, "Have you ever sucked coffee through a chocolate biscuit?" That's the thing. I know it it's is. Called, it's called a Tim Tam slam. That's an actual thing. They use the they use the, the the biscuit part as the the vessel as the straw. That's what her and Drew do. So, Their end of the date. It's not a date, wow. though, because they decide they're just friends. But if you're sucking anything <laughs> out of anywhere... If you're inviting someone back for a suck, then... Whoa! <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're just friends. With them well, uh, well, I can kind of carry... I can, I can take the last leg of both those storylines for you, if you like. Uh, so... We'll carry on with Anne. Uh, apparently, <laughs> Ruth comes back home and catches Drew there with his top off. Because apparently Disgusting. he got some chocolate biscuit on his top. So he Is took that his seriously top the reason? No, that's, that's, that's the reason. And then Anne was like, oh, you've got a tattoo of his mum. And so she's like, can you show me your tattoo? Like, can I look at your tattoo? He's got his mum's name tattooed on, the, on, his, on his back. Which seem, which I think is there is the neighbor's way of saying this is a really nice guy because he's went and got his mum's na name tattooed on his back. Uh, but Ruth comes home and obviously flips her shit about it. Uh, but then Ruth, she goes, she Ruth has got a new car. She's got a white little U kind of thing. Uh, where she go take it? It needs it needs uh, a little service before she can get on the road. She takes it to the garage, obviously. So. Her and Drew have a chat, and it's a very nice, reasonable chat. And is Drew's like, no problem. I will back away. She's a lovely girl. She's really nice. You should be really proud of her. But I will back away if you want me to. It's not a problem. What a great guy! Uh, but then, so Ruth comes home and tells Anne that, and Anne's Anne's pretty mad at first, and then he's like, oh, okay, well, you know, okay, I, I understand your point that he's too old and this that you were. And then Ruth goes, yeah, but you would though, wouldn't you? <laughs> she doesn't say that it's, that's not verbatim she doesn't literally say those words but literally just if they finish the conversation to break the ice she goes yeah but he is gorgeous though isn't he? I definitely would if I was if I was if I was 20 years younger I would to be he fair needs more than 20 that's how we end all of our chats about Drew <laughs> so what's fine <laughs> Uh, so the Billy and Caitlin stuff, they are just firmly mates now by this point, by the time we get to... Hold uh, on. You can't do Billy and Caitlin stuff. Wait, hold why? on. Why? We've just We've been doing on. Billy and Caitlin stuff. The whole time. I know. I know. I'm catching up. Wait, carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on. So yeah, they're, they're, they're firmly just mates Sorry. at this point. Um, but Caitlin still has this mysterious illness. And Simon, yeah. the, the horrible swimming boss... Like keeps on catching her in the 
in the pool. He's like, you're not allowed in the pool. Get out. Literally, like, throws her out of the pool. What's wrong with her? Don't know. Mysterious illness. You didn't I mention any illness in my episode. I'm slightly, wor- I'm slightly worried about this mysterious illness. So am I I'm now. slightly worried if this ends up being why Caitlin leaves Neighbours eventually. Uh, because they keep on talking about this mysterious illness. Yeah, she shows no symptoms of anything. She just says she doesn't feel quite 100%. But she's going at it at the pool because there's uh, an inspector or like a scout for like a swimming team, like a national swimming team. He's apparently friends with Simon. Uh, so she's trying to get as, as ring match fit, as pool fit as possible for that. But again, she keeps on getting caught. But then Billy comes to her rescue and pleads with the uh, with the scout saying, listen, she's the most talented girl I've ever seen. Uh and the scout promises to come back next month and see her when she's fully fit. And then Caitlin's like, you're a really good friend. I'm so glad we're friends. And it all ends quite nicely. They have a nice little platonic hug. There's no there's no attempts or anything. Do you think it's going to remain platonic? Or do you it think like, it might shift back again? No, no, it seemed like... It, it, if Billy still like wanted to try again, he, he had more than, more than an opportunity to do so. But no, he seems to lead. He seems to have got the message by this point. And he and he says as well, yeah, I'm really glad that we're friends. You're a really good friend. I think the only other storyline stuff that kicks off from my stuff is some stuff happens with Susan and Carl. Yeah, go on then. Let's have the Susan and Carl stuff. Um, so... Um, jumping forward just a minute, this is the moment Libby comes back. So she hasn't been back since or until this moment. Okay. Um, so Susan and Carl are sat on the sofa about to watch Casablanca, which seems Classic like movie. it's, it's like Carl's. I think they did, yeah. Of course yeah. they Of course they yeah. It seems to be Carl's favourite film and they make a kind of half joke that it's the 28th time that they'll be watching it. And Susan's clearly just not really into it. This is the, the odd thing. Carl's the one that's into it. Susan's not, but then Carl tries it on with her a little bit. Then Libby comes in and interrupts them as a bit of a catch up and a chat. And then she's like, oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really sorry. I know it seems weird. I've only just got back, but I really missed my, my own bed. I want to go back. So they're just like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, definitely go. Just, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, no, everything's fine. Yep, yeah, you leave, you leave, go away. She leaves. They start kissing again. And then Libby comes back and has something else to say. And just, it's a bit awkward. Um, and I think that was pretty much it from then. Then the next day, um, yeah, <clears throat> this is the, my first kind of experience of Lou just being Lou. He's just kicking the shit out of someone on the foosball table in the pub. Just scamming them out of money. Um, <clears throat> Carl comes in, um, asks him for a favour, and Lou asks him for a game, and he says, no, I, this is this is very serious. I need to ask you something. Um, and where are we now? Sorry, but like I said, the stuff jumped around so much. That... Yeah, okay, okay. I'm with it. I'm with it. Everything's fine. <laughs> um... 
No, I just I thought that this this bit. It's not like, easy this hosting lark, is it? Tim? You no, slag not, him it's... off all the time for losing his train of thought as well. You tight bastard. <laughs> it, it's not so much a train of thought. Is this? I thought that this just in in relaying that. I thought did that actually happen later? Because it would have made more sense, but it didn't. Cut to Carl's. <laughs> you're gonna like this. Carl's in the in the coffee shop just ordering a shitload of cake for himself. <laughs> he does like cake. <laughs> Since Sarah comes in and she's like, oh, we've got we've got 10 minutes before work. She says she wants to talk to him about something, but it ends up being Carl talking all the time. So he gets a couple of cappuccinos and some cake and they go sit down. So he says that he wants to get Susan a piece of jewellery um, just because he's felt a bit distant from her for a bit and he wants to rekindle but he never knows what to choose so he's Is inviting it not to trap Sarah. the cleaner <laughs> <laughs> so he he invites he, yeah he's asking for Sarah's help basically so they're going to go shopping together in a jewelry store cut to okay. they're in that they're in that jewelry store looking he's at jewelry together got work in 10 minutes yeah, when when does this happen? I don't know. Is this a lunch break? Is this after work? I, who knows? So they're in the jewellery store. Who else is in the shopping mall having a look around? Susan and Libby. What are they looking around for? Just having a general look around? They're, they're just ang hanging about, getting some okay, coffees. So what, so what so, does Susan and Libby see them? See Carl and Sarah together? Well... Libby does, but it's not just that she sees them. Carl picks out the thing, or like he's helped to pick out the thing that he wants to buy. And then Sarah's just messing around. She picks up this ring, puts it on, then can't get it off. Oh, so Carl's, classic. So, so she's like holding her hand in front of him and, and like he's trying to help her get it off. And they're both having a bit of a laugh. That's when Libby looks through the window and sees them. Susan calls her away, so she doesn't really get to see any more. From this point, Libby's just convinced that they're banging. Oh, um, okay, this this colours my episode slightly differently now. I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't because it this basically just pays off and dies again <laughs> straight away. So then then the next episode. Um, Susan's planning a family dinner. Um, Libby and Billy are both there and they're just having, hanging out, having a nice time. Phone rings. Carl says he can't make it cause he's too busy. So this makes Libby really suspicious again. Um, oh, sorry. It's Lou who's called to say that Carl can't be there for some fucking reason. And, and, and says, I, I, I'm at some point I may I may go back just to, to fill in this gap because I can't remember what he said, but he did. It wasn't convincing. He got Susan to go to the pub. Like it was a, some important thing that she had to go to the pub for. And it's like, it seems a bit fucking weird and suspicious. So the kids are, are feeling like it's a bit odd. Susan goes off to the pub, even though they've just made dinner. She leaves, goes to the pub. Um, and she goes like, and then Lou gives her a piece of jewelry. I gives her a, a box, a jewelry thing on the on the bar, and she's thinking this is really weird. 
So, and then Lou points so around contrived. the corner. It's just really odd. Points around the corner to where there's a little table with like a candle and wine glasses and stuff. And then as she comes around, Carl comes out from behind the bar just with this really sleazy line of just like, I can't remember what it was, but it was it was along the lines of, you know, what's a girl like this doing in a place like this kind of bullshit. Oh, from Casanova. It's Casablanca. He's doing Casablanca. Casanova. Casanova. <laughs> Well, he's been a Casanova. Okay, it was it was that. Okay, I understand. There that. we go. Okay, he's, so he's one got... of the writers has seen Casablanca and gone, Do you know what? We can yeah, we can rip that. I'm just doing a episode. nice little callback to it. They were watching the film. He's done a yeah. little bit. It's a nice little bit. That's clever writing. That. That's yeah, good so stuff. It, it, Pay it attention, makes... Tim. You would have got that. I <laughs> 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 haven't seen Casablanca. It didn't make sense. Um, but yeah, then. The kind of thing that didn't make sense. Once he's given her the piece of jewelry, like this nice necklace, and um, he's just saying, "Oh, I feel bad. I've been neglecting you. I want to, you know, get close again." Then Libby and Billy come in the door. I I don't know if they've just had a discussion. Like I think something weird's going on, but they come in the door and say nothing. That's the end of the scene. They're just like, "Well, that that's you know, now you know that he's not with Sarah, so everything's fine." Um, then the final part of this storyline in my episodes is Sarah and Libby are having a conversation because Libby still needs to find out what the deal was with that ring. And Sarah just explains it, and that's the end of it. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want any loose ends, would you, neighbors? <laughs> drop storylines halfway through or just never refer. Oh, but so that, that was, I actually think this is one thing they do well. They somehow manage to keep you guessing, but they don't drag you on. They just keep changing direction. Well, that's good in a way, because it's like, yeah. it's a full finish, in it? So you think, oh, they're going to find... No, they didn't. And then when because... it does, you you might not get it next time. You might be like, oh, they'll probably just explain it away in a small little storyline. No, that'll be the one that gets you. It's but again, I, I particularly like this because still technically nothing has happened and nothing is really going on between well, look at his Carl face he's got more stuff i can see him well, it's well, just, yeah it's so, just ratcheted the tension up a little bit hasn't it it's just it's just it's just it's clever because really nothing happened no one's guilty of anything some people think that they're guilty of something we know they're probably sort of are they guilty of something um, and so that's it. That's for you to decide. Well, yep. well, talking about when not knowing where this is going to go, this goes in a completely different way. So it's not necessarily about Carl and Susan and Sarah this. It's more about Libby. So like I so said, the, the way that those episodes then colour this is that Libby's very standoffish with Carl throughout the, the couple episodes I watched. Very standoffish with him. Yeah, because she's uh, still unsure, isn't she? Yeah, she's, I don't think she's entirely yeah. convinced. But one of Susan's old friends from uni, a guy called Declan, shows up to do some guest lectures. You know, the, the whole guest lecturer gig. You know, it's a very popular one. Uh, and Declan, we thought Sleazy Lee was a sleazy guy. He's the sleaziest. No, Declan is even sleazier. No. I will send you it. I'll try and find a picture of the actor. He looks like the most cut price Roger Moore person you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> if they ever did like a 
it's for TV Australian James Bond, this guy would get cast. Uh, but Libby, for some reason, is absolutely obsessed with him. How old is this guy? Uh, he's he looks like he's seventy three, but I think he's <laughs> I think he can play anything from fifty five above. He looks like honestly looks like he's in his fifties. And Libby and they and they make pains to say that Libby is only nineteen uh, because he comes around for dinner. Oh, by by the way, Susan and Declan back in the day were right at it. <laughs> What? <laughs> right at it. So Carl's fuming that Susan's gone, well, I've invited him for dinner. Some guy Does Carl to... know Declan from back in the day? Oh, yeah, because they all went to the same uni together. Oh, no. Uh, but apparently she didn't know who Carl was at the time because she was all about Declan, who was the charismatic ladies' man. Uh, so invites... Yeah, invites... So Susan invites Declan over for dinner. So Carl's fucking fuming about this. Uh, but so Carl and Susan have a little bit of a kind of a row and then Libby's like oh well, I'll see Declan out sees him out to the end of drive have a little kiss who did? Fuck? Libby and Declan the uh, what? uni lecturer you know with that hair yeah well it's grown quite long already she's she's got rid of the fringe bit the fringe bit's gone she's kind of putting it behind her ears it's all a style thing. Look at the state of my head right now. Same haircut. <laughs> you could pull a Roger Moore kind of lookalike with that hair, Tim. You really could. Fucking awful. You need a yellow hat. <laughs> the worst thing our Prime Minister's done in this lockdown is not open hairdressers before retail. So vain. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the fucking state of my head? It looks horrendous. We know that. But it looks horrendous <laughs> for a while, Tim. You can't blame that on COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so Sleazy Declan is like full on just spending all this time with Libby now. Susan obviously gets major suspects straight away. Uh, so Susan and Carl have a, a discussion and she's like, no, I will deal with this, Carl. You, you and Libby aren't on great terms right now. I will deal with this. So she meets... She, she tells Declan to come to the pub to meet him at the pub for lunch. And then Declan tries it on with Susan again. <laughs> He's just been yeah. snogging his daughter, snogging Susan's daughter that morning. Yes. And then he's now, he's trying to like, he's he's kissing her on the head. He's like playing with her hair, brushing it behind her ears. It's terrible. Is he holding a hand? He, he holds hands as well. He brushes the, oh. he brushes the shoulder. He does it all. And then Susan gives him absolutely what for, going, listen, I know what you're like. You are not getting the mother-daughter combo that you're dreaming of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Declan eventually uh, backs off and then has, uh, has a coffee, of course, with Libby and says, you know, your mum's told me we can't shag anymore. So, <laughs> so Libby's absolutely fuming and that's where that storyline ends. But that sounds very similar to the Ruth and Anne. Like, you can't get on with Drew anymore because reasons. Are they doing it again? What? Do you, what? Where do you stand on this do, for both Anne and for now Libby? Do you think the mums need to butt out a little bit and they should just crack on? Or what? What do you think? Is it different for each of them or is it same for both? What, what I think Susan right, Susan's right to butt in with Sleazy Declan because he is... Like, Sleazy Lee was sleazy, but this guy is 10 times the Sleazy Lee. 
He's absolutely terrible. Uh, and, he, and he jokes about how he slept with everyone at uni, including Susan. And like, he jokes about it to her face, that he was in a different dorm room every night. So I kind of, I agree like with that. I, no, I agree with that one entirely. Uh, the, so the, the, the Drew one, though, Drew, while the, actually, I, I didn't mention this before, but while Ruth and Drew have their little conversation, Drew does say that he gets his wires crossed with women quite a lot. He's like, oh, well, you know, I, I have this, I had this back wherever I were, I, I lived before, you know, I'd be friends with girls and all of a sudden they were trying to be more with me and I don't, couldn't understand why. Oh, I'd hate to be Drew for a fucking day. Handsome <laughs> <laughs> bastard. Oh, I'm friends with these girls and then they all start wanting me and I don't know why as he takes his shirt off again. <laughs> oh. I, I think, I, I, I might be misremembering this now, but I'm pretty sure he takes his shirt off while Ruth's there too, in the garage. I hope so. And, and Ruth just basically buckles at this point. She just like holds on to the side. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I don't understand why girls are always attracted to me. And Ruth's like, well, well, you know, don't let it happen again. It's going to happen again, isn't it? It's going to happen again. It's going to be, I reckon it's going to be Caitlin next. Like I, like I said, I think every girl is going to try it on the groom. It's literally going to be every week, every two weeks, it's going to be a different girl. Because is Caitlin a slightly older than Anne? No, they're both in school, aren't they? They're, they're in, in the same class. Okay. And Amy will try it on at some point, probably while Lance is there. I like watching out for who's next for, on Drew's. He's not Drew's hit list. I was going to call it Drew's hit list then. He's an innocent no. country boy. He is. He is the hit. And there's, there's multiple assassins out for him. There you go. <laughs> what do we want to talk about? Is there any other storylines in yours, Tim? No. Any new ones? What about yours, Adam? Is there any new storylines? I got a couple for you. Go on then. The main one um, does follow on with what Tim was saying earlier. Madge is back. Madge is back. Back again. Madge is back. Tell a friend or a neighbour. Or a neighbour. <laughs> um, yeah, she's back. Nice to see her. Obviously, well, sometimes good neighbours can be good friends as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's still got the patches. No word about Kylie in my episodes whatsoever. Hopefully Kylie's okay. Bigger and better, I imagine. Um, so Madge is back. Still got the patches. Um, so she's still very much Madge. She's she's Harold's fussing around, um, giving her a bit too much attention. She doesn't want it. She wants him to just go off to work. I don't know which work. I think, no, I do. It was um, the surgery. She was like, I'll be fine. Um, I'll, I'll tidy up the kitchen a bit. Um, I'll chill out, probably make some lunch or something. Um, even though she's got patches on, she's not, she's still being independent. You know what Madge is like. She doesn't, she's pretty good, isn't she really? She shouldn't take any mess in and she just wants to get on with it really. Even though if you have to ship, I folded to be fair. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and you don't want Harold in your ear all fucking day. He means well, of course he does, but he's just a bit much, isn't he? Um, so she packs him off to work, to the surgery. Um, she's making a brew. 
Um, and while she's making a brew or something, I don't know, or maybe it was soup or something, she was doing something um, on the hob, on the cooker top. Um, Harold rings up. Of course he fucking does. He's only been gone half an hour. Hiya, you you're all right? Um, Maggie's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just in the kitchen making this. Um, while she's on the phone, bit distracted. Massive tea towel, tea towel on the hob catches fire. I know. Um, tea towel files are the worst. It was re- it, so. She smells it first of all. Harold's still giving it whatever on the phone. She's like, "Whoa, hang on, I can smell smoke." Fire alarm goes off. This t- remember, she's got her patches on. She can't see. She's like, "Fuck, I've started a fire." Harold's like, "Fucking hell, what's what do you mean?" Um, it's all going off. She's got patches. The smoke is filling the kitchen. The fire alarm's going off. She attempts to kind of grab the tea towel off the the flame. Um, burns herself, throws it. It lands on like a pa- brown paper bag of shopping that she was going to just put away because she's trying to get on with her life. Woof. The whole thing goes up. It is all kicking off. Harold is still on the phone, shitting it at this stage. Um, she's like, he, he says, Carl, there's a fire at home. Madge is in there. Call the fire brigade. Holy shit. Drama. I'd love. I would love to see that scene. So, um, the it cuts. It, it turns out it's Amy and Lance are chatting in there. Else, I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, they hear the fight. The fire brigade coming. All the sirens, everything. They go out. Um, it's outside. Harold and Madge's. They rush in the fire brigade just at the same time as Harold and Carl rock up. Um, my wife's in there. Go in and get her. So they go in. She's in there. She's out of it, obviously. Smoke. Um, they grab her. Fireman's carry out. Drop her on the grass, and she's coughing and spluttering. And Carl says, "She's gonna need oxygen." End of episode. Whoa. Yeah. I I felt very lucky that I got those two episodes and not the shit show that Tim had to watch. So that was how <laughs> your episodes ended. No, that's how my first episode oh, that's how the first ended. One ended. Okay. So, do you want me to continue? So, yes, please. Right. I'm enthralled. So, next episode starts. She's fucking fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I literally watched that episode. I was like, "Fuck! I want to watch the next one." It opens up on the next one. She's fine. Yeah, she, <laughs> it's brilliant. But. Okay. There is a she lot of oxygen butt. outside, to be fair. Yeah, the, that's where the most oxygen is. <laughs> um, so, but Carl says, right, you are fine, but the smoke might have fucked your eyes up even more. It might even be time not. to take... Smoke does get in your eyes. It does. Not if you're wearing fucking patches, it doesn't. <laughs> um, so he says, right, it might be time to have a look behind the patches anyway. So come with me to the surgery, not the hospital, to see a specialist. <laughs> let's just have a fucking look. Uh, so you could goes, just come goes, into my living room, but no, let's go to the doctor's office. So he takes her to the doctor's. So he, he walks her in. I made note of this because it cracked me up. So he says, <laughs> so he goes in and switches the light off. So it's pitch <laughs> fucking black dark in the surgery. It's fucking with her. 
all right, <laughs> in order to take off her patches. So he takes them off and she's like giving it the blinking and everything. It's pitch black because he's turned the fucking lights off. And he says, what can you see? <laughs> and Madge, after a couple of seconds, says, well, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely trolling her. So I thought that was brilliant that he turned the lights off and then asked her what she could see. I thought that was brilliant. Um, so, and then he says to her, well, don't worry, not regaining your sight is no cause for an alarm. I'd be fucking alarmed if it was me. <laughs> if I couldn't fucking see anything, I'd be a bit worried at this stage. Can't remember where you I was up to. Well, he just turned the lights off and said, what can you see, Con?" to mine? <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um, this, is, this is a short little bit that, to finish off with about Madge. Are we just going straight into it? How, how shall yeah. I start this off? No, no, straight into it, straight into it. Okay, so after that, um, nab, uh, Nabs. Nabs. Weird. Madge is taking a nap. I can put the two words together there by mistake. What, in um, Carl's office? No, she's gone home because obviously Carl's best advice, we know this from back in the day, is just go home and have a bit of a nap. You're blind. <laughs> if you're blind, have a nap. Just it might rest. sort it all out. She's going to start another fire. No, it sorts it all out. Madge has a bit of a nap. Here's a bit of a noise. It's Paul getting some milk out of the fridge. She can see him. Did he get what? a haircut as well? No, he, he just got the milk. He just um, got the milk. Um, but it's blurry, but she can see. And... Very ex Harold's very excited. He's like, fucking brilliant. I'll go and tell Carl. Uh, Paul's really excited by it. Um, so, yeah, Madge, um, whether it was the smoke in her eyes, maybe it was just she got sick of people taking piss out of her. I don't know. Um, but she can now see. I thought that was a pretty big deal. I, that is a bit, that's potentially a bigger miracle than, uh, than guinea pigs coming back from the dead. You know what? Just just on that, do you remember me mentioning I had a no context quote for you? Oh yeah, go on. Oh yeah, go on. Should have mentioned this, this earlier, above. Um, so I thought this was relevant because way back in the day, in episode I think it was the first episode, Jonathan, you said that Neighbours is a lot like Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, at one point when they're talking about the the dead guinea pig, um, I think Harold's having a conversation with Phil. Um, and Phil's just saying like, oh, it's obviously a, it's a different, um, it's clearly a different guinea pig. Um, I think Harold was saying, oh, I don't know. So Harold says, as the great Shakespeare said, there are more things in heaven and earth than we dream about. So he say, he's basically saying, oh, well, it may be possible then. And I understand I'm giving you the context here and it's against what we're talking about, but I felt like this was a good quote. Phil says, I don't think the great bard was referring to guinea pigs from beyond the grave. <laughs> it's a good line. That's I don't know. That... That's Phil as well. Phil doesn't usually get like good lines like that, so that, no. that's good. <laughs> Phil gets some good lines in this in the episodes I watched, to be fair, uh, which I'm going to use as a smooth little segue. Are you doing something now? 
Yeah, because uh, unless there's something you really wanted to... I've got a great Lance storyline, and I've also got something with Phil, Lou, and Ruth. So I don't know Ooh. if my Phil... The only reason I'm saying it is because if it's Phil-related, I might have a precursor to it. I don't know. Yeah, I do have... the. I have things with both those. So if you go first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll carry it All on. All right. So these two do kind of mesh a little bit in the middle. Sorry if this goes on a bit, but it's it's Lance. I'm, I'm, Lance is becoming my favourite at the moment. I think he's fucking brilliant. No, no, me so, too. There's a brilliant. There's a bit that he does in the bit. It's fucking amazing. So, well, I might have the first half to it. So, yes. um, there's a table soccer competition at the pub. Okay. okay. Um, so we heard a bit about that with Tim Lou scamming people on it. It's actually Lance's <laughs> table, I think. Um, yeah, he made that, it. Because, and I, you don't know this, I'm going to fill you in with some backstory here. Because I researched this ages ago. I thought, that's a really shit storyline. I'm not going to mention it. But Hannah and Tony cut Lance out of the jukebox deal. Whoa, why? They stabbed him in the back. Unbelievable. It went over about four or five episodes. It was when we missed a big chunk. And they were all trying to double cross each other. And the, but they like ended up, but Lance, funny. but Lance, but Lance trumped them all. And went, well, I've got a pool table now, and it's at loose. So screw you all. So well, there you go. So he's there's a there's a competition on this uh, foosball table, this table football table at Lou's pub. The winner mm-hmm. gets a hundred dollars. That's fifty pound. Pretty good prize. So Lance is a bit gutted though because he's too young. He's not allowed in the pub and he's not allowed to enter. Even though by rights he says I'll probably win that because I'm fucking mint and it's my table. So he's a bit, <laughs> he's a bit fuming about this. Amy though, there's quite a lot of Amy and Lance in it. Amy's like, well, let's just let's just fucking sneak in, go for it. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? We don't win. Best thing is we get $100. Lance is a bit unsure, but eventually, because it's Amy, he's like, okay, let's do it. So, um, they decide that in order to do this, they're going to need disguises. Oh, not again. Yes! (laughs) Right. I'm going to send you a picture of their disguises because I took pictures of it, because I thought, <laughs> and also Fantastic. I thought you could put it on our Twitter. What's our Twitter? You could put at it Watch on Watch Neighbor. There. We're also on Instagram as well at the same, at Watch Neighbor. Fucking <laughs> hell. Oh yeah. my God. Oh. They dressed as Rastafarians. It's so good. So you can't see Oh, that's problematic. Can... If you just listen to the podcast, obviously, but I've sent it to them too. What's so, wrong his face? So there you go. Um, we will uh, put them on the Twitter thing or the Instagram. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure now. I feel like that's problematic now. That's cool. No, it's fine. That's now. not what they. That's not what they go with. But that's when they're just trying out just disguises. Trying <laughs> they also say, which cracked me up. Um, maybe we need a new walk. <laughs> oh, so then, eight, like you only see Amy. This is Amy's idea. Amy starts doing a weird gangster <laughs> lean. Rocking a shoe, kind of walk. It's brilliant. Toadie storyline. No, fuck Toadie's out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, basically that's what's going to happen. Um, they go to, they do go because Lou isn't there. I'll get to where Lou is in a second, but he's not at the pub. They were worried that he'd catch him because he knows him obviously, but he's not there for another reason, which I'll tell you about in a minute. So they go to the tournament. Lance enters. Um, they don't have those disguises. They wear something else. 
Um, the main thing that Lance wears is a leather jacket and one of those weird, you know, those Kangol hats backwards, which is very 90s. Well, like LL um, Cool J kind of. Bye. Bit like that, bit like old school hip hop kind of thing. He wears one of them, or East Seventeen, I think, wore one. Um, so he actually makes it to the final. Fucking brilliant! Well done, Lance. Uh, and he's in the final against Big Ned Belcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's who's also in the final. <laughs> he's quite funny because he's not that big. He's a pretty small, small Does guy. He belch. I would imagine so after a few of the ambers. Um, but Lance can't be Lance. He's he, so he's competing under the name of Speedy McGreedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I think that's brilliant. <coughs> um, and then the clip this is the cliffhanger now to my second episode. He wins just as he wins and he scores the final goal. Lou comes back in and catches him, and that was the cliffhanger of mine. Oh, so, yeah. Completely predictable cliffhanger. Fucking brilliant, Tim. I won't, I won't <laughs> make any disparaging marks about it. Can I just finish mine off? Because I've got one more bit, and it explains what Luke. Yeah, go doing. for it. Go for it. Okay. Sorry, I don't want to monopolise the uh, discussions. I do. You've got the, be the best stuff. I do. This is good as well, because it's got some corking uh, Lou lines. So, basically, Phil asks Lou to be his best man. Nice little, nice little thing. Co comes and asks him at the pub, do you want to be my best man? Lou has obviously been wanting this for a while um, and says, well, yeah, of course. But then he starts taking over a little bit. So he invites himself around to Phil and Ruth's. I don't think they even co-inhabit at this stage, do they? He goes around to Phil's house um, and they're both having a chat. He says, let's have a couple of couple of um, drinks and let's discuss the wedding um he starts taking over a little bit he says like oh you can have the reception at the pub them two by their reaction clearly don't want that um so this gives this is why lance is able to go to the football tournament because lou is round their house while kev keeps an eye on the pub i don't know who kev is have we ever met kev no we've never met kev kev works at the pub he's going to keep an eye on the place don't know who he is <laughs> Um, so while while they're having a few drinks, it's becoming a bit of a party. This while they're talking about the wedding. So Lou says, "Well, why don't we let's make it a bit of a party then? Let's go and invite Harold and Madge. They're probably pretty bored. He doesn't know that she can see again now. Um, so he goes oh round. Goes, he goes to get them. Um, they come round. Harold, Madge, and Carl because Carl was round checking Madge's eyes with the light on or off. I don't know." Um, I vaguely remember this, you know. So they all go, go round, and then how do you? How would you say? You know, you just say, "Oh, guess what, everyone? Madge can see," and everyone be like, "Fucking brilliant." <laughs> Lou doesn't say that. Lou says, "If anyone's planning on dropping something in Madge's drink because she can't see, she can." <laughs> <laughs> Weird ways to announce that. If anyone's planning to drug Madge, you can't. Yeah. FYI. Fucking mental. And then he, <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. Well done. We weren't going to drug her anyway, but cheers. Then he says, the only drawback is she has to look at Harold's ugly mug again. I think <laughs> I'd rather be blind. 
Fucking hell. <laughs> brilliant. What a cunt, Lewis. He's brilliant. But he doesn't understand what too soon means at all, does it? Happened with yeah. Ben and his coma, and now it's imagine a blindness. I think and she's fucking brilliant. She's literally had this site maybe minutes, an hour at this point. Yeah. Ridiculous jokes. Basically, that's, that's it. They're all round. Um, they run out of wine because Carl's probably fucking drunk at all. <laughs> uh, and, he, and even when Lou says, I'll go and get some more wine from the pub, Carl is the only one who goes, yeah, get some more wine. Everyone else is like, well, it's a bit late, actually. Um, <laughs> and get so, some cake while you're there. <laughs> yeah, get some cake. Um, and that's why Lou ends up back at the pub to catch Lance just as he wins the table football. Oh. I thought that was brilliant writing. No, that is great story. That is great stuff. I, I like that how you two have both said that now because I remember on that very first episode that we did, ten episodes ago, that you slated me for saying how good the story writing was. But I'm glad some of it. Got, I'm, I'm glad that you've come round to that. Some of it can be quite clever. I'm only saying it in case we get some guests on the show and we have to act like we like the program. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so to continue on from that. Uh, with the Phil Ruth Lou stuff, with when Lou is full on just trying to have the wedding at the pub now, he's like, "Well, you've got you you can do the ceremony here, you can have the, the party, here, you can have the reception here, the after party." Is and Phil's like, "Well, what about the football table? Put a cloth on it. It'll make a buffet table not a problem. He's got it all sorted <laughs> out. It's no problem at all." And regards with Lance and Amy, so after the Ruth finds out about Lance and Amy sneaking out, Ruth hits. Ruth hits the roof. I nearly said Ruth hits the roof then. But no, she hits the roof about it. And she banishes Amy to Phil's house. So Amy is now living at Phil's house. Was she living at Lance's house? Yeah, yeah, she'd moved in. Apparently her parents have gone away from the summer. I heard they were trying to sort that out, but I didn't know she'd actually moved in. Okay, that might have been yeah. in one I missed. Yeah, she moved in. Uh, but she's now living at Phil's with Hannah and Phil. Uh, because they've got a massive house and there's only two people live there. True. Uh, Why do you think Ruth doesn't live there? Because they're getting married and they are not. I know. They I, never I, sleep at each other's house. Never. Maybe they're waiting for the wedding night. I don't know. Do you think? Yeah. There's no real talk about it or anything, is there? It's just like they walk each other back to each other's homes and then they come in in the morning and go home at night. There's no mention of it. There's not even like a... Oh, do you think we should be? Or, oh, no, I want to wait for that. If you want to wait, brilliant. Um, but there's no mention of it at all. I reckon they're just both they're both terribly organised people. Like, so they've, they've planned nothing for this wedding. They hadn't even thought about where they were going to live. We've discussed this before. Um, yeah, they're just... Neither of them have a clue how to do life at all, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ruth Ru- Ruth's had adopted kids. She's had, you know, she's had kids from other marriages. She's, let's face it, her personal life's a mess. And Phil's isn't much better, to be honest. So uh, maybe they deserve each other. Uh, but Lance, but uh, Lance and Amy. So Lance sneaks around to to see Amy at Phil's while he's out meeting a client, uh, and they're having a good oh, old. What do you uh, mean? You you did air quotes then when he was meeting a client. Do you think he wasn't meeting a client? Do you think he's up to something else? No, no, I think he probably was meeting a client. Uh, unless he was doing secret wedding loose stuff with Lou, just having a pint in the pub with Lou. Uh, because the meeting didn't last very long because one sneaks over instantly and they're getting a little bit hot and heavy on the couch, but then Phil comes back 
home and catches them. <laughs> but, and this is the comedy Lance bit that I love. Lance gets off Amy, slowly grabs the cushion and just puts it on top of his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> While staring Phil in the face. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and just sits talking to Phil with this cushion on his lap. It's really <laughs> and Phil just gives him absolute shit saying, listen, I get it, I understand, but not under this roof. Find somewhere else. Did Lance get to win the football competition? What happened with that? Uh, never mentioned. <laughs> never mentioned. <laughs> so, he can, neighbours gives with one hand and then slaps you in the face with the other. But he's not, like, talking about, like, or... Oh, It'd be good if I got that hundred dollars or anything, no, or what not spend the money on. He's not, he's okay. he's bothered about the fact that Amy has been banished to Phil's. Oh, and then so Amy, so Amy rings Lance before he comes round because she realizes that Phil's going out, and Lance answers the phone and pretends he's talking to a telemarketer when he's actually talking to Amy, which is another good comedy moment. Um, but yeah, he ends up just running over straight over and. Just getting hot and heavy with Amy and then having to hide in his erection. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's the place to end the podcast now, really. <laughs> there is other storylines, but the Toadie storyline is, is just dog shit. He's got this girlfriend, Karen. She's annoying as fuck. Got, <laughs> she's just all over Toadie. She's constantly just hanging around, obsessed with him. Like she's there at the rate, like she's in the studio while he's trying to do a radio show. And and then like she shows up at like stupid o'clock in the morning and wakes everyone up in the house because she wants to see Toadie and Toadie's like, I'm not even barely awake. Why the fuck are you around so early? It's like six o'clock in the morning. Uh, because that house is very crowded now as well because Ben has decided he's moving back in. And he wants Nick out. He says, no, you're in my room, in my house. The, the, apparently the lease is in Ben's name. So he's kicking Nick out. But then Nick tries to pull the uh, the older brother card. Uh, but then Is Nick doesn't... older than Ben? Yeah, Nick's the older brother. Fuck and off. get this, he's a maths teacher. But he's currently out of work. So he tries the, the older brother stick, doesn't work. So he then tries to plead in and goes, listen, I'm out of work. You've got rent-free at Roost. I can't afford to rent anywhere. I've got no money. You need to help your brother out here. Brother, can you spare me a dime kind of thing? Nick's just been asking about with Toadie ever since he got to Erinsborough. <laughs> just been asked. He gave Caitlin a really hard time that first day. And then just ever since, he's just been dicking around with Toadie, drinking pint after fucking pint in the pub. And then he's got no money for rent. I feel like Nick's just there. I don't know if he's going to end up lasting that long. He doesn't seem to be getting any storylines of his own. He's just kind of there at the moment. I feel like they brought him and Drew in. They look quite similar. Um, and then they thought they found something for Drew to do and then thought, oh, shit. It's like, so on Champ Manager like back in the late 90s, like if you needed like a pretty good forward, 
Um, you'd have to put the feelers out for a couple because you didn't know if they'd turn you down or if they'd come to your team or not. Quite often, I'd end up buying them both. I'd just get I'd get two forwards in, and I'd be like, right, hopefully one of them will work. One of them generally would and score you some goals. Pretty soon, the other one sat on the bench. I think Nick is sat on the bench, and it's a matter of time before he gets a free transfer to fucking home and away or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, him and Nick, ben, ben and Nick have a little bit of a... So Ben Ben was like, all right, well, we can share the room then. He's like, we shared the room when we were younger brothers, we can share it now. And then they have like a bit of a comedy kind of warfare where like Nick's pretending to snore and kicks him off his... Like they, they fight, they, they have like a little fight over who's having the pull-out, like air bed. Uh, and it's just all very shit comedy. Uh, but yeah, I really don't know. But again, ben, Ben's ben got nothing to do now. Now he's not got a coma. Now he's not brain dead and can walk. <laughs> he's got nothing to do. I think Ben and Nick need to get shipped out pretty quickly, to be honest. Both I, of them? I would be putting the feelers out in reverse. I'd be like, I'd, I'd be... I'd be I'd be mailing clubs going, listen, these two might be available soon in the in the transfer window. Okay. Because they've got nothing for them anymore. Maybe they'll take Caitlin as well. Maybe Whoa, hang on. Unless maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried for Caitlin. This, like I said before, this mysterious illness thing does worry me a little bit. It is worrying. But then it could get. I mean, all she might need to do is just start a fire. And it'll it'll cure itself. Whatever this I'll get, is. I'll get dug up by a dog and uh, resurrect. <laughs> I've got I'm a prediction gonna... for you. I was going to say, okay. have we got any predictions? Yeah, sh- uh, yeah, I think we should move on to predictions now. Uh, do you want to tell you the next lot of episodes that we are going to watch? Yeah, do right. it. Uh, so we're going to skip a little bit ahead. We're going to go to three thousand and seventy to three thousand and seventy-four. So there's a whole week we've skipped here. So yeah, prediction. Five episodes. Five good maths there. Thank so where, where, do we, where do we think we're going to be in those episodes with any of these storylines? Well, my, my prediction kind of jumps off a little bit what you were saying. Like, I think Adam said every couple of weeks, Drew's going to have a, a different woman coming after him. Now that Madge's got her sight back, she's she's going to be having a look, I reckon. <laughs> she'll be looking at all sorts i imagine it, it will happen it might not be a big deal thing but i bet you in the next couple of weeks it happens well remember she does like those kind of stories mm. so why wouldn't there be one about a greasy mechanic absolutely i bet there's a whole there's a whole mechanic verse about these <sighs> dirty storylines i bet there's the greasy mechanic one two till five it doesn't need to be a, a universe for every fucking idea. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Greece. Oh. Greece is the word. <laughs> it's a mood and a feeling. Have you got any other predictions about anyone? Uh, like I said, I think Nick and Ben have got to go soon. They've got to go. Uh, I think I, I think they'll end up going to Jeff. Uh, okay. Ooh. Is Libby still going to be seeing Sleazy Declan? Is she going to defy her mother? He's the rebound. I reckon. I reckon. Yeah, I think we've got a few more, few more weeks of that. I think she might might do it in secret a little bit first. 
Um, and then get caught out, probably. That's how things tend to happen, I imagine. Um, I don't think it's done just yet with that. Do you think Lance will be able to control his erections? <laughs> we can. Lance is... <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Lance. He came off a, a bit of a... Nah. You don't like Lance? How can you not like Lance? Just, I don't, I don't get him. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's a complete cuckold. There's no, but he's funny. He has some great comedy bits. Yeah. In the in the last two weeks, he's painted himself orange, dressed up as a terrorist, a Jamaican, <laughs> God knows what else, and won a pool tournament. You'd love to have. And now he's got. A, like and now, life. now he's got a guinea pig. Axel <laughs> the second, and it, all in the space of about two weeks. You, I don't think you could handle that life, Tim. <laughs> uh, and I really hope Tony's annoying girlfriend fucks off as well. Placeholder. To be fair, though, like... you can you can like want someone's annoying girlfriend to fuck off as much as you want, but <laughs> it's it's really unlikely. I mean, it it takes something big, I imagine. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> to finally get her to fuck off. Um, so I'm I am not um holding out much hope for that. <laughs> we end the podcast there. We've, should we do that? Yeah, I think so. Uh before before we do end the podcast, I do want to say that we knew we now have a Patreon. So for if you go to patreon.com forward slash neighborhood rewatch for just three pounds a month. How much? Three pounds a month. That's 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 one amber beer. For, for the cost of that a month, you Go can on. get the unedited, uncensored, un- wild <laughs> versions hell. of our podcast. But honestly, we, we don't want people hearing that. Don't don't go and spend your money on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please do. If you think we go off topic now in, in this regular podcast, just imagine the stuff that's left, left on the cutting room floor. But you can hear that for three pounds a month. What a bargain! What a bargain! Thank you, Adam. I'm glad one. I'm glad two. I'm glad two thirds of this operation are behind. Making I'm just trying to make it sound controversial. Fucking, hell, I'm selling it as well. You're not getting it. I would <laughs> gladly pay three pound of my own money for you not to do that a month. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. I, I'm trying to market it. Like, uh, do you remember like the Jerry Springer DVDs back in the day? Like, too hot for TV. That's basically that's literally what I'm it's. It like. That there, there isn't an extra explicit tag to put on a podcast, but if you could, it'd be on Patreon. We might have to dull down the actual podcast now because I'm a bit worried. If I'm being honest, <laughs> that isn't that's that's real. I, I'm a bit worried. I might get into quite a bit of trouble now. <laughs> so if they, if you feel like that's something you'd like to listen to, just three pound a month will buy you that privilege, and you will get your own private RSS feed. To listen to unedited podcasts, and I think with the Patreon, I think that's a great way to start it, and you get all the bonus features and all that. I think I've got a couple of ideas of extras as well to add. Oh yeah, this is just uh, the starting point. Yeah, as we go on, Patreons, you're going to get more shit. We've got a few ideas, I think. So yeah, there will there'll eventually be higher tiers for for even more rewards. Uh, is it a reward? Do, it is absolutely a reward. This is rewarding for me every week. Having these conversations. 
this is the point where you two agree. <laughs> okay, well, goodbye, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at WatchNeighbor and on Instagram as well. Again, patreon.com forward slash neighborhood rewatch. Tim, Adam, you've been good friends. And we've all watched some neighbors. Happy 10th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs>